The gang knows what they need to do now, but there is only one way to get what they need for their friend. They must break into the sinister abbey and steal from the very people who are hunting them. But they can't do it alone. They head to the Orchid Macabre and are made an offer from a notorious gangster called Frankie Fourfingers. The gang agrees to the deal, but did they just make a deal with the devil? Let's find out. So what happened last time? Because it's been a while. I've it's I've been truly a while. missed been a while. all of you. I don't know what's going on in anyone's life. You made your way from the merit the MPE to the Orchid Macabre, a Oh, somewhat, that's right. So, I remember now. A, Everything's coming back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A somewhat seedy, well, seedy clientele, but still an upscale nightclub bar. You met with the dragonborn gangster Frankie Fourfingers, who gave Frankie gave you a fingers. job proposition of sorts. I had a delicious ketchup covered steak. Uh, yeah, don't bring that up. Uh, that makes this a horror a horror podcast. Uh. Literally, that was actually the one like detail that I was very much. I was like, definitely, there was ketchup steak in the last one. <laughs> no, I blocked it out of my memory. I had two, and now, now I have to live with that. Much as I have to live with with crotch fit. Erwin's got all the hits, and we leveled up. Oh, and you leveled up to level four. So, at level four, it's not quite as enticing as level five. So, you folks would have gotten a feat or a stat buff. So, let's go around the the table. No, let's go around the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that! Oh, that's much better. <laughs> well, I just got jacked. So, so did, did you increase strength? I'm assuming. Yep, just strength. What is your strength score? I was gonna now? say, yeah. What is that? Uh, my strength score is 19. Nice. Wow. Powerful, powerful lad. My strength score is 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's eight. I got more charismatic. And I got Thunderclap and Witchbolt, which are both just things I can use to do some damage. Because I was pretty useless in the last fight. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to take a, instead of increasing my, my skills, I decided to take a feat. So I took the feat. Oh, hi, Mock. Which, uh, so if I know somebody's name, then I can... uh, do my oh hi mark but i have to use their name instead of mark and i'm gonna take that again hold on sorry i don't like how i phrased that Uh, well if it makes you feel any better i don't like how you phrased it either (laughs) (laughs) fuck you (laughs) fuck you (laughs) see these are things that will be great bonuses for people who want the sort of uncut version of this 
The uncut version is just Henry yeah. trolling. <laughs> That'll be the entire episode. That'll be 40 minutes of me subtly sniping <laughs> at, at Jordan and his character choices. That's just a bonus episode. This is a super cut. It's just called Henry the Troll. It's good. I could I do would, that. I would yeah. listen to that. I'm into this. We could do that. There's a lot of it. It's good. Uh, but I also took the spell Vicious Mockery, and which I have... Um, been collecting some insults that I will be hurling at some people. You've also just been and collecting then... insults from us because you were a bard without vicious mockery. <laughs> Mostly from Bobby. <laughs> Bobby was absolutely just offended by the fact that you didn't have that spell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty took uh, the feat Observant, which allows me... It gave me a, a bump in my intelligence, uh, and now I have a plus five to my passive perception and passive investigation, and I can, if, as long as I know the language that is being spoken, I can read people's lips. In my mind, hmm. Kitty just bought glasses. Kitty already had glasses. <laughs> she just got more uh, paranoid because she's around all you people who don't pay any attention. Okay, so we all have negative intelligence. She got the yeah. She got the vodka. She got LASIK. That's what it is. <laughs> Crystal clear vision now. All right, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm ready. Okay, well, but so let's do it. so we were at we were given a proposition. Did we actually turn it down? I can't remember. I know we argued about it a lot. We did not turn it down. We turned it up. We turned it up. <laughs> <laughs> we're balls deep in the mob now. I believe you said that you would do it. I think my brain just wanted us to turn it down, and that's why I remembered it like that. Okay. Bobby's trying to retcon, like, so we turned it down, right? Right, right. We're not going to do the bad thing. Oh, no, we are. Okay. To be honest, I kind of thought you'd turn it down, too, but... We you don't know, do anything us? you think we're going to do. That is correct. Imagine and... if we had, like, actually just been like, oh, yeah, I think we did turn it down. And then the people <laughs> listening are like, wait, they just said that they took this. Continuity? What continuity? <laughs> so you are all currently still in the Orchid Macabre. Uh, Frankie Fourfingers and Bottles the Triton. Oh, and if you'll recall, Bottles gave you a little token to get into the club. When you saw Bottles again, instead of being garbed in kind of shabby clothes, he's dressed in like a pretty immaculate suit. Clearly he's more than he lets on to be. And at this point, Frankie Fourfingers and Bottles have left the table, so it's just the four of you. The four of you plus uh, Hattie Anderson. Oh yes, oh, Hattie yeah. is supervising us. I feel safer with the babysitter. Did they say how long we have until our until we have to go do this thing? No, they did not. Okay. What is the last thing they said? <laughs> yeah, someone who remembers playing, you know, weeks and weeks okay. ago. It was many weeks ago. Listeners, it was many weeks ago. Summer, vacations were had. Vacations were had. Uh, I should also mention part of the incentive for helping these folks is that they said that they could uh, take the heat off you from a long from a law enforcement standpoint. Right. Even though we're breaking into the law enforcement people's place. Yeah, how does that work? We just be stealthy about uh, it. Well, you don't know, for one. Um, <laughs> also, don't get caught. Also, don't get caught. Yeah, I guess there's that. 
Like, if you go and fight the cops, we'll make it so the cops aren't mad at you anymore. Like, what? <laughs> you know what? I, I had a plan, but it's, it's fine. It's all fine. Did they say that they would send, like, bottles or somebody with the information, or they would come and get us when they needed us, or... I don't know that I mentioned that. I think they're giving you a little bit of time, and then they're going to come back. Yeah, I guess the question is, are are we leaving the Orchid Macabre now? Like, have we gotten everything that uh, we need? We came here for magical stuff, too. Didn't they say that they could get us some magical items to help us? Yeah. Okay. Do the heist that we're now doing? Heist time, baby. I don't know if that's something we would be getting right now or they would be giving us at the time of heist. I think at this point, you as a group decided you were going to do it, but you hadn't actually told them. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's getting the magical stuff is contingent on you doing the job or agreeing to do the job. They're not just going to give it to you. Don't let because... Kitty know that there's still a chance to back out of this deal. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty's ears are like that sad, flopped down Kitty ear look, but her tail is like flicking back and forth so angry she's just like this is the worst idea we're just getting deeper into this shit um are the folks we were talking to still at the table they walked away and you can see them at a bar at the bar uh i'm gonna like, i'm gonna flag 30, at them 30 feet away or so to let them know to come back frankie comes back so i hear you're gonna take my job is that correct yes sir Okay, follow me. And he gets up along with bottles and starts to walk towards the back of the nightclub. Cool. Get up and yeah, I'm follow going. Him very I, excited. Like, I am also treble, very super excited. excited. Red is like okay. into it. When Herman gets out of the booth, he hit, reaches out to Hattie Anderson to help Hattie Anderson get out of the booth. Aww. Not that she needs help, but in a sort of this is an excuse to hold your hand way, I assume. Yeah. 100%. Okay, cool. <laughs> she she politely accepts oh. the hand. Not gonna lie, I thought she was gonna shoot me down. <laughs> no, that comes later when I come up with a sufficient put down. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way to the back of the club. Uh, you encounter a large door that's been painted black. And there is kind of in lilac paint, a skull and flower logo for the club. Frankie knocks on the little brass, like, plate, like where you put your hand to push the door open. He knocks on it three times and then waits about a half second and knocks again. And the door opens and he and Bottles and the rest of you walk through. There is a short flight of stone steps leading into what you can assume is like the basement or what would seem to be a basement or like a wine cellar to your immediate left as you, you cut and then you enter there's a short hallway at the bottom. You enter into a large hallway, uh, which is most definitely not a wine cellar because you can see kind of off on your left, uh, a couple of people shooting spells at targets dressed in fedoras and suits. To your right, there are what appear to be like little booths and shops 
where you can see a number there's one booth that has like rows and rows of glass bottles with different colored liquids inside sort of like potions another booth which has just racks and racks of weapons of all types so you can see swords daggers pole arms spears bows and arrows crossbows etc pretty much any type of weapon you can think of they have here in spades kind of at the far end of this chamber there are a couple people standing, and they're holding what appear to be firearms, uh, long rifles of sorts. It looks like a couple of people, again, clad in, in suits, are messing around with this rifle. And periodically, they'll f fire at a target, converse with each other, and then kind of go back to adjusting the rifle again. As you're observing all of this, Frankie is leading you further back into this chamber, so in the direction of the people who are messing around with this rifle. And he leads you into a quiet, a kind of a small conference room-looking thing. There's a large uh, rectangular table in the center and a pair of large, almost like cork boards, uh, which have diagrams tacked to them and various notes written in large letters and around this table are a pair of individuals who are smoking cigarettes um you can see that there is a even by hobgoblin standards a rather surly looking hobgoblin whose face is sort of hidden by these large reflective sunglasses you know he's cool because he wears sunglasses indoors. In a basement. And in the basement, yeah. He's he's a renaissance man. I'm just picturing Orpheus. <laughs> There's also a... And this would be somewhat unusual. Um, some of you might not have even seen this, but there is also an Aarakocra. Similarly clad, but uh, appears to be missing an eye. And this is an Aarakocra that's patterned off of... Uh, if you aren't familiar with a harpy eagle, it's essentially, it looks somewhat similar to an American eagle, except that the coloring for the body is mostly white, kind of a very light white or gray, light white, white or light gray. The fuck is light white? Anyway. Um, light white, you know, the lightest of whites. The lightest of whites. Um, so kind of a white body and then the wings are kind of a smoky gray color. For our listeners, an aracocra is a bird-like uh, humanoid that their wings, they also have arms, too, for those who are confused. I was confused about that. They have wings and arms. Okay. But do they have a bird head? Yes. Okay. They look like a bird. They are 100% They are 100% a bird, but then also with arms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're... <laughs> okay. They they walk as a human, they are as tall as a human, but they have the appearance of a bird. Oh, this is like one of those Greek riddles. <laughs> like a... God damn it. <laughs> what walks on four legs and Wait, but the are body. the wings the arms like like is it like the wing is an arm or do they have both wings and also some feathery arms? They have wings and also some feathery arms. Yeah. That confuses me deeply on a deep existential <laughs> level. But continue. Imagine if a bird also <laughs> yeah, had I'm arms. Yeah, I'm imagining it and I'm scared of it. 
<laughs> scared of that picture you in my should. mind. I mean, you should be scared. A pigeon walking around New York City like, hey, fuck you! Fists <laughs> up. People off. Okay, so as we walk in the room, Herman's gonna turn to the two guys smoking at the table and go, hey, fellas, uh, I try and keep my body tip-top, so you guys mind putting out your cigarettes? Oh. oh no. Herman! Oh, no! Well, okay, first of all, the Aarakocra doesn't pay any attention to you at all. And you realize that it's because the Aarakocra has, like, disassembled this rifle and is slowly putting it back together on the table. Um, so is not tuned into you in the slightest. The Hobgoblin, on the other hand, looks over at you, and he gives you, like, a half grin. Make a charisma saving throw. <laughs> Charisma. Oh, no. I got plus one to charisma. Let's see. Eleven. Oh dear. You can't. You're not really sure why, but as soon as he looks at you, you just feel this cold, gnawing fear. Like there's just something off about this individual. As he he like looks at you, and obviously you can't see his eyes because they're hidden by these glasses, but he takes his cigarette and he extinguishes it on the back of his wrist and then puts it on the table. Oh, dang. What a badass. I'm scared. I think that um, Red is probably very interested in the Aarakocra as sort of a fellow bird person. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't... a bird person? <laughs> Bird person. <laughs> I think after seeing Herman like extremely strike out with this other dude, Red's not gonna like say anything, but he's definitely gonna like kind of situate himself nearer to the Aarakocra in the room, kind of try to check out the Aarakocra's like vibes and kind of like give him a little nod of like, what's up? Bird person. Right, you need a little blink in the gun. Bird person. <laughs> Oh, yes, bird person. <laughs> so, question about the table, Henry. Is it a, is it a, I'm assuming it's just like a boardroom table where it's just a big long rectangle with a bunch of tables, or is it like a circular table? So, kind of a fun fact about the table. It's, it's an oblong table, so, or rectangular, kind of like a boardroom table. The closer you get to it, actually, roll, roll perception. Uh, you, Jordan, roll perception. Ooh. Uh, 25. Okay, so you notice it's a table made out of stone, and in looking at it, you realize that it's actually a tombstone <laughs> that has been mounted onto, like, table legs. Oh, An enormous cool. tombstone. Yes, and uh, looking at it further, you realize that there are probably several hundred names carved into this tombstone. Oh, shit. Yeah, guys, this is the best idea to work with these people. Oh, God. Treble's so excited. Okay, but, so, is there a chair? I'm going to wait till everybody else sits down. Treble's trying to make a power move here. Oh, God, I'm scared of that. Trying, huh? Okay. So, I'm going to wait till everybody else sits down. And I'm going to stay standing. And then... Is there, a, I'm assuming that uh, Frankie Four Fingers goes to the, the head of the table. I'm... Yeah, so he is at the head of the table, Bottles is immediately to his right, and the Hobgoblin and the Aarakocra are immediately to his left. And they're sitting on the same side of the table? 
Correct. They're sitting next to each other on the... What, what, what would be the left side of the table facing down, but from your angle, it would be the right side of the table. Okay. Okay, perfect. So, I'm going to... If there's not a chair at the other end, I'm going to grab a chair, but not like... So, like, I'm going to go, basically, after everybody has sat down, I'm going to go to the end of the table, and if there's not a chair at the other end of the table sitting opposite Frankie Fourfingers, I'm going to walk to my right, and I'm not going to grab the first chair. I'm going to grab the third or the fourth chair down, and I'm not going to pick it up. I'm just going to drag it along the concrete floor, making as much noise as I possibly can. As I drag it, I'm just whistling a little bit to myself, humming, and then set down the chair with a slam but i'm doing it like the cool 1980s way where i sit backwards yeah i expected you to sit backwards i I love that you think that's that's a power move that's just pissing everybody off the fact that you did it when i was thinking to myself now the worst thing he could do would be sit backwards like steve rogers (laughs) giving a psa to the teens and uh, that is what you did. <laughs> Herman is very impressed by the way you sat down. <laughs> Thanks, Herman. Yeah, can you roll just straight up charisma to see if Red is impressed by you or not? Yeah. I need to know. Uh, that would be a 22. Red is also impressed by you, unfortunately. Kitty is not impressed. Her claws are out and she's like poking little holes in her bag she's holding very tightly because she's like, oh my god. Oh my god. So after I sit down, I'm going to pull out a cigarette and light it and then not look at anybody else except for Frankie Four Fingers. Herman just, okay. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. You lit a cigarette? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me Herman says the same thing to you. Uh, hey, hey, Trouble. Uh, I don't know if you heard me earlier, but uh, I don't, I don't uh, try. I try not to be around cigarette smoke. You know, my body is a temple. Got to keep it tight and all that. You mind not smoking? Do you say the "my body is a temple" thing out loud? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, so <laughs> as soon as you say that, the hobgoblin looks over at you and is like. Are you sure it's not a temple that's succumbed to the ravages of time? Looks like somebody sacked it. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if you've seen these guns. And then Herman does a nice big flex. Keep it tip top. Kitty puts a clawed hand on Herman's arm and (laughs) just pokes her nails into it and tries to make him lower his arm and goes, Herman, that's enough now. Oh, God. Its claws are sharp. Can I roll insight on just the general vibe that's going on right now? I want to know how these strangers are feeling about all the shit that's happening right now. Was Frankie Four Fingers impressed by me? That's what I want to know. Frankie, I don't think he was paying attention. Like, he's got, like, a, a manila folder and he's, like, arranging things on the desk, and Bottles is kind of helping him and, like, tacking stuff to one of the board. They're not paying attention to you in the slightest. Okay. So. Did Hattie do anything when she saw me flex? Uh, no. <laughs> Dang it. I'm, like, flexing but glancing over Hattie to see if she's looking. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> so a- as you guys are taking your seats, um, you are joined by one more individual. A 
uh, a Kenku who... That's another bird person. Another bird person. Uh, in fact, the o- I think it's the only other bird person. Okay. Unless I'm... Unless I'm forgetting... But Kenku Something are bird or... people without arms, correct? Yes, they have they have hands at the end of their little wings. I guess technically they're owl folk now. Oh but, yeah. That's uh, so I guess three. Uh, we're we're two for three on on bird people, <laughs> on bird p- persons. A Kenku comes into the room that you're in, and this Kenku uh, is in the form of a penguin. Oh, so a penguin so themed cute. Kenku. And the penguin, uh, or the kanku, I should say. <laughs> the penguin? He's got the a built-in tuxedo. He works with Is the it gangsters. Danny DeVito? What do you think? <laughs> Dear God. Uh, the kanku walks in with a tray with a pitcher of ice water and a number of glasses. And they kind of set that in the middle of the table and distribute glasses to each of oh, you. Oh, yeah, they make the guy wearing a permanent tuxedo be the butler. I see, I see, I see. Uh, Red also does a little, like, bird person nod and a thanks so much, sort of, when this person, uh, puts the, puts the bird water person, down. Bird person, bird person, bird person, <laughs> But also, Red doesn't look like a bird. No, he doesn't. I, I think there are, if someone was familiar with shifters, they'd be able to tell that he's a shifter, but they would probably need to have like a good insight or nature or something to know that. What I was going to say is that uh, this Kenku, after distributing the glasses, actually sits down at the table next to the Aarakocra. Oh, I should, and the Kenku also closed the door behind them. So you're just in this conference room now. He handed a cup to everybody. Correct. Uh, do I know what liquid is in the cup? Water. Oh. Mm. <laughs> uh, un- un- unless you'd like to make like a nature check to make sure it's the right kind of water, but yes, it's it's water. Could you make a miracle um, check to turn the water into wine? Uh, no, no, that's your what the carpenter Jesus, Jesus does. Is, yeah. Your friend Jesus is at the. That's his trick. He's still at back the at the carpentry, carpentry shop. store right now. Yep. <laughs> I'm thinking power move wise with this water. Is uh, that what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I need to do a power move with this water too. Every time I say power move, I literally <laughs> feel my back muscles tense. So <laughs> Treble is gonna drink his water very quickly. He he's actually a little thirsty, so it, it it goes down quick. He drinks his water very quickly, sets his cup down very loudly, looks over at the hobgoblin, stands up. Goes over to the hobgoblin, grabs his water, and attempts to walk back to his chair. <laughs> That's quite the power. I would like to ask one question. Oh. I I just have one question, which is, what the fuck? Uh, my my <laughs> question is, when is when is um Jordan rolling his new character because he's dead at this table? <laughs> Very soon, if this keeps up. Henry um, has been waiting for a chance to make Jordan not play a bard. <laughs> Herman turns to Treble and goes, hey, Treble, there's a pitcher there. You could have just refilled your water instead of taking his. I know. So the hobgoblin grabs your wrist as you grab his cup. Uh, Go ahead and make a con save. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Mm, That's a six. He uh, breaks your wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Can I make another check, another saving throw of some kind? I'm still trying, even though he did that. I'm I'm cool with that. 
but I still want to try and turn this into a power move. So can I make another check of some kind to see if I make a noise? Like if I make a sound when he breaks my wrist. Uh, you can make another con save, I guess. As you bite your inside of your cheeks to not go, Shit. I almost bet you're trying to intimidation at this point. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm trying to go for. I'm trying to get him to give me something I'm actually good at. I know, and I'm not going to give that to you. Because <laughs> that's really not what you're doing. The constitution saving, the second one was a 10. You make a noise, but it's it's sort of like, if if you're trying to stifle the pain, it's just kind of like a, oh, or, you know, I, I don't know what the best. <laughs> that was good, and I do need you to leave that in, that noise that you made. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's my mind in ringtone. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> okay, so how uh, how much damage does my breaking my wrist do? Uh, roll a d4. Roll for bone density. Uh, I get <laughs> two. Okay, then you take two. So with that, I'm going to look at him with my broken wrist, like hanging there limply. And this is going to hurt like a motherfucker. So if I need to take more damage, that's fine. But I'm going to like hold it in front of his face and shake it really violently. God. What the fuck? And what are you doing? Just, just, I know what I'm doing. You're going to look like a Muppet. (laughs) I think at this point, he should get to roll an intimidation check because that's fucking wild. That's a scary, weird thing to do. He's unhinged. (laughs) Well, but he also knows what he that he broke your wrist. So it. Oh yeah, which makes it more intimidating. The DC on this is gonna probably be high. I imagine. Basically, my plan is I'm immediately going. I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna immediately heal myself. So I'm gonna do that in front of him, and then I'm gonna stop, look at him, and say, "That was cute." And I grab my wrist and I cast a healing word on myself and heal myself for the same amount of damage that I lost. Okay. Um, Did you still want to roll intimidation? Yes, I do. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. 22. Nice. Now Henry decides whether 22 is high enough to intimidate this man. (laughs) He just kind of looks at you and he's like, not bad, kid. And he lets go of your wrist. I go back to my chair without saying another word, and I sit down. And I intently look at Frankly Four Frankie, Frankly Four Fingers. Frankly, I do have Frankie Four Fingers. I feel like you just went from Jason Siegel to Jason Statham. The Hobgoblin is still looking at you as you're sitting down, and he's like, "Yeah, kid, that wasn't bad. That was really bad." And then looks back at the head of the table. All right, well, that was weird. Should we start planning this heister? <laughs> At this point, uh, Frankie and Bottles have observed this interaction, and they're kind of just, like, chuckling, giving each other looks, and it's like, this is... I can't believe this is what's happening here in this in this place. Um, at which point Frankie's like, all right, are we, are we done with whatever this is, and he gestures to, like, the whole table. So, here's the deal. You will be assisting Merriman, and he points at the Aarakocra, and Krogash, and he points at the Hobgoblin. I also want to thank uh, our intelligence bird person, 
And then he points at the Kenku. Xantos over here is a is a fantastic intelligence gatherer. And uh, at this point, the Kenku opens its mouth and says, Thank you, sire. I only live to gather intelligence. Kenku have a thing where they can only speak in, like, things that they've heard, like, repeating things they've heard other people say, right? That is correct. So, like, at some point, well, this is out of character, but, like, at some <laughs> point, we would know, or at least anyone who knows about Kenkus would know, that he's just doing a voice of someone he's heard say that before. Yeah, and then that raises the bigger question of who the hell talks like that. Yeah, and who's got a sire? Um, That's what I'm pointing out, and I love it, and I just want to make sure the audience is aware of that, because it's pretty wild. Frankie kind of continues his briefing. All right. I don't know if you all have seen this before, but this is uh, this is what the Abbey looks like. And he first he, po- he points to a picture on this cork board of, like, a cathedral-looking building kind of set on a rocky hill. Uh, you all have been in the city long enough that you would have walked by it at least a few times, so this isn't super unfamiliar, but there are there's really only one main road that kind of leads up to the Abbey Gates, and then there are a couple of walking paths along the cliffs to get up there, and then the Abbey is set, the way that the, the outcropping or the hill is placed, uh, it's right next to the water. So one of the cliff sides leads right down into the water area. Our goal here, and this is where you you lot come in, uh, two of these folks will be breaking in to uh, get some material that we've been wanting for a while. I won't lie, it's it's gonna be dangerous. Being a being the local main chapter of the abbey, uh, it has a few things going for it that make it difficult. And at this point, he. He tacks up, or he points to bottles, and bottles tacks up uh, what looks like a blueprint, which has been clearly labeled with different rooms on it. And you can see living quarters, and the office of the friar is written on there. Friar, like the religious office, not uh, the the thing that you cook. Yeah, not. <laughs> Although that would be funny. Uh, that that'll be a bonus episode. Just the guy, the guy who works in the kitchens. He just got his own office. The guy that works in the kitchens. They only eat fried food there. <laughs> um, there's a room that's simply labeled R M A with dots in between the letters. Uh, there is a large space. Uh, the largest room, in fact, in in this blueprint is labeled chapel. There is another area labeled jail. There is another one labeled laboratory. So that's what you see. Uh, do you guys do anything? Yeah, so how are we going to sneak in here? Should we, like, sneak in the back, or should we, like, go in the front? Maybe we all dress up as handymen and just say we're there to fix some stuff? Well, that ain't it. Um, no, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that part's up to you. Merriman, and he points at the Aarakocra... Merriman is going to fly in under the cover of night and take a position in the bell tower. She will watch and report and set, basically set off a signal if backup appears for the Abbey or if you're discovered. Krogash, uh, well, I'm assuming you've never heard of Krogash, but he's rather strong, and uh, he will be tackling the actual robbery part of this operation. In his younger days, before he you know, decided to to get into the organized crime business. Krogash was a renowned safecracker. 
As far as how you get in, I leave that up to you. Krogash has his own way in. So we're just a distraction. Yeah, now you've got it. So you can do one of two things. You can either be, you can either cause a distraction, in which case do that how you want to. You can also go and back up Krogash if you want, if you want to go deeper into the abbey. Either way, we just need some extra bodies in there. But we also have to try and find an antidote for Ernest. That's the whole reason we're going into the abbey in the first place. So we can't just be a distraction. I'm pretty good at distractions. Remember that garbage can I set on fire? That's true. Okay, maybe we maybe we split up then. Maybe we have two of us be a distraction, two of us go in to try and find the antidote for Ernest while What's-His-Face breaks into the safe. I mean, I, I can be in a different place than my distractions are. Uh, I, I just... I, I was going to say it's probably best that we have two magic casters be the distraction. Nothing is more of a distraction to the Abbey than... Oh, magic. that's that's a good that's that's good thinking. Okay, so me and Kitty will sneak in and look for the antidote, and you two will stay out front or wherever and create a distraction. Well, Herman, I don't know if you're great at sneaking. That's a very valid concern. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty wasn't gonna say anything, but she was thinking it. He may not be good at stealth, but if she needs to break something open. Herman there. That's true. And I'll just wear a disguise. I don't have to sneak. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just have a disguise. I can cast Silent Image and be 60 feet away from it. So I can easily make a distraction and then go with everybody to do other stuff. Yes, we'll just leave trouble behind. <laughs> no, we can, we can, I think we should all break into the Abbey and and I can do a little distraction before we do that that keeps going while we head in. Uh, I, I will also say there is a third option here, which is that you can all try to sneak in, and maybe the way around this is to just not ring any alarms. Yeah, no, I'm saying we would all sneak in. I would just, I, I can do a silent image 60 feet away from me to distract people as we sneak in. Okay, I still think we should have disguises just in case someone sees us, because last I checked, I think people are looking for us. Um, Frankie Fourfingers, you got somebody around here that's good at making disguises? Yeah, I'll just call my disguise. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you have those hyper-realistic ch- masks from the Mission Impossible movies? <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> and then, dear readers... Henry married them. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. (laughs) He kind of chuckles and looks at you and he's like, we have a number of clothes that you can have if you want outside from various jobs. Like an uh, Abbey costume? You know, like an Abbey uniform? Oh yeah, that'd be great. I think we have a few of those kicking around. Yeah, shouldn't be... Shouldn't be a problem. You're also welcome to take any of, of the weapons. And he j- kind of gestures out, out the door. And it's kind of implied that he's talking about the weapon booth that you saw. Uh, we have a good stockpile of potions as well, should you need it. Another thing, uh, Frankie points to the blueprint and he points at the room labeled RMA. Now, this isn't confirmed, but 
this is suspected to be the room where they hold the magical artifacts that they've confiscated. That's where we're going, and that's where Krogash is going. Do you need us to go there too, or is... I think we all need to go there because that's probably where the antidote for Ernest is. When is this uh, uh, going down? The heist? Like, we gotta go tonight, or... You look a little ragged. We'll probably go tomorrow night. All right. One more thing. Uh, I hesitate to say this, and uh, Merriman and Krogash are already aware, but uh, we're our blueprints are a few years old, so this is what it was like three years ago. Be prepared for surprises. Red like nods, like he has he has figured out some deep clue. <laughs> Ah, yes. Mm. All right, let's get some gear and get some sleep. Are we excused from this room? Can we go out and uh, check out the rest of the folks down in this basement area? We want the gear. Yeah, we want to get gear. I'm just asking, is there more stuff we need to do in this meeting room here? I just picture Red holding his hand up. being like, Is is the meeting over? Can we go? (laughs) Yeah, Red raises his hand. Uh, are, are, are we dismissed? Should we go look at weapons now, or? Frankie gives you, like, this, are you, are you serious? Sort of look, like, what? Oh, okay, um, sure, sure, the meeting is adjourned. And then he looks at bottles and, like, under his breath, like, these people? Like, you, these people? <laughs> we have not made a good impression. Oh, oh boy. As we walk out of the room, Herman pats on um, Frankie Fourfinger's shoulders. Hey, great meeting, pal. Water was was delicious, too. Thanks for having us. He's like, (laughs) and then stops and gives you, like, the stony expression. And he, like, takes his hand and wipes down where you patted him on the shoulder. At this point, Bottles gives you a hand-drawn version of their map. He has a few copies, so whichever of you want them can take Kitty them. Kitty will definitely take one. Yeah. I figured, yeah. Oh, I'll um, let Kitty hang on to it. Okay. As we leave the room, can I make a perception check? And I will tell you, I am looking for people I recognize or people who look cool. And by that, I mean punk styles... Tattoos, piercings, cuffed jeans, people who look like they're queer, any of that. (laughs) Sounds like you're looking for a very specific person. No, I'm looking for a specific person or a specific, a very specific type of person. So I just picture a cool person is either someone from Greece or a queer person. Is there anyone here wearing a leather jacket? Right, and with sunglasses in the dark. Go ahead and roll okay. perception then. Ah, that's a six. I think you might just be a little overwhelmed by the prospect of being in an underground magical speakeasy gun range shopping I definitely, center. Definitely am. Yeah. Does the six get me anything? Um. Well, you do notice that there are a number of people with hair dyed different colors. Uh, you see kind of a pale green. Uh, a purple and a light blue. Cool. But they all have pocket protectors, so they're not cool. 
<laughs> nerds. What are these people doing that I noticed? Two of them, the green and the purple, are one of them's working at like the clothing booth, and one of them is unpacking what look to be like vegetables. Okay. And then the one in uh, the the one with blue hair is uh, at the gun range, actually. The magical gun range. The magical gun range. The Morgul gun range. Oh, fun. Uh, Red's gonna head over to Magical Gun Range. Yeah, Kat, okay. Kitty, Kitty will join Red at the Magical m- Magical Gun Range because she should probably upgrade from her hand crossbow. Everybody can go ahead and say where they're heading, first of all. I'm gonna head to the potion stand. Yeah, I think Herman's gonna go talk to the seamstress about getting a Abby costume. Okay. And you're going to the Magical Gun Range. Yeah, I assume this is both literal magical guns and people just shooting off range spells it is both yeah yeah okay we're gonna start with the potion seller and then we will go to the seamstress and then we will go to the magical gun range arriving at the potion seller uh you perk up a little bit treble because the potion seller is in fact a another satyr uh although this satyr even by satyr standards appears to be a little bit on the older side their complexion is very gray and they've got a lot of wrinkles around the face area so i'm gonna check and see if uh he has any markings or anything that would uh, identify him as part of the cloven hoof coalition Go ahead and roll perception. Uh, 12. Uh, you're not sure. Okay. Then I will walk up to the satyr and say, Greetings, my friend. How are you this evening? He imme- doesn't immediately respond, and it becomes apparent that's because he's partially asleep. After a second, he's like, oh, um, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, may I help you today, my good man? I was wondering if you had any, uh, just potions of healing. Potions of healing, healing, healing. Um, heals like for your feet? Uh, no, like making you feel better when you've been stabbed. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. like uh, cocaine. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, well, that does do trick. I was thinking more of something in liquid form. No, no, I'm just giving you a hard time, my man, my man. Uh, here, let's see, uh, and he kind of reaches, uh, and he pulls out, a, like, a, a little container case full of these glass bottles that, with, like, a pale green liquid. Like, I think you'll find these are what you're looking for. Uh, we have a sort of a run-of-the-mill one here, and then this larger one is, uh, well, a bit more potent, as they say, and, uh, I'm sure I've got a bigger one around here someplace, but uh, this is what I can find that's handy. Oh, I will take them. Thank you. Right you are. uh, Out of character. How much gold do you have? Because I don't remember. Five gold. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. um. (laughs) Treble just kind of assumed that because Frankie said that he could go get stuff that he assumed it was free. (laughs) So... Well, that's where okay. I, I guess I guess that's on me. What I should have said was you're paying half price. So he ah, okay. a- asks you for two gold. Uh, okay, I will give him the two gold. Okay. 
And Good deal. I look at him and say, do you happen to know of uh, the CHC? As soon as you say that, his demeanor changes. Uh, the smile completely leaves his face. And uh, roll perception. Uh, 15. You get a closer look at his face and you realize he might not actually be as old as he's making out. He almost looks like cosmetics have been applied to okay. kind of He looks at you and he's like, "Who's asking?" "Just a friend." And I slide him a gold. "If you are just a friend," he takes the gold. "You should know that no one tends to ask about the CHC." And at this point, you realize uh, it was kind of hidden because he's wearing, like, a sleeved shirt, but he has a tattoo of a red, like, horseshoe on his left hand. If I were to need some help, who would I talk to? I have been out of the game for a little while. He looks at you up and down and is like, I should say so. I think you'll want to talk to Cedric. And he points at a minotaur who is currently sitting and tearing into a stake at a table nearby. Just to just to clarify, this is not something any of the rest of us have heard of, right? Like, this is a treble thing that is Correct. just being revealed right now. Yeah, I was going to say, very mysterious. This is a treble exclusive, okay. just, because, just because treble picked being a satyr. Okay, so. cool. Very well, I will... Exchange some words with Cedric. I appreciate your time. He kind of pull, stops you before you like, wait till he's finished eating. And then goes back to dusting his potion bottles. I put the potion bottles in my pocket. Okay, so you now have uh, two regular healing potions plus a potion of greater healing. For two gold, that's the best deal I've ever fucking heard. It's half off. Well, it's half off, but it's also, like, bootleg, so there's no guarantee it'll function. As intended. <laughs> it was also actually three gold, because he gave the guy another gold for just information. But still, potions are usually, like, 50 gold a piece. It's a Black Friday sale, so... <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to pivot now over to uh, the seamstress. So, Herman, uh, you walk up and there are just racks on racks on racks of clothes of various styles from various eras. If you were a more fashion-forward person, you would probably recognize that there's like 50 years worth of styles being displayed. Like, stuff that your grandparents would have worn, but is not really popular anymore. And behind the counter, there is a elvish woman in a purple dress who is reading a magazine and uh, also smoking a cigarette. What smokers? Okay. Uh... <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> I expected exactly this. This Perfect, place is inspired by the 20s. It's the 20s. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> everyone's baby smoking. Smoke. <laughs> the doctor tells you it's good for you. They're herbal. The herb is tobacco, but they're herbal cigarettes. 
Okay, so Herman walks up to the counter. He's like, hi, I'm Herman. Who are, uh, nice to meet you. What's your name? The elf kind of stubs out the cigarette and is like, oh, hello there. I'm Tina. How can I help you? Hi, Tina. It's nice to meet you. Me and my uh, friends here are doing some work with uh, your boss, Frankie, and we were looking for some some Abby costumes. Do you have anything like that that, that, that works for uh, our different body shapes? I know you might be kind of hard to size me because I have such big muscles, but... Uh, as soon as you say Frankie, she just, like, sits up straighter, kind of adjusts her posture a little bit. Oh, 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 I see. You know, we might have something like that. They might be a little worn down. Uh, and she goes, like, there's a little, it, it's like, it's, it doesn't have actual walls, really. Like, it's walls that are made of, like, pieces of cloth strung together, like you might find at a Renaissance fair, or like like a tent, essentially. She goes into this covered area behind the little counter that she's at, and after about a couple of minutes of rummaging around, she comes back with like five or six different robes that are all like monk robes, and they've got like the monk belt, like the rope of cord, or the belt of like rope, and uh, they are all hooded, and they all have like little faded abbey symbols on the left and right sleeves, shoulders, excuse me, and kind of just sets them on the counter. Oh wow, these are great! This this is perfect. Thank you so much. Do I do I owe you for these? How much how much do I owe you? Do you do anything with the robes before you pay for them? I mean, at the at the risk of asking a leading question. Yeah, I guess I could inspect the robes. To see if they uh, look like they're going to work. Roll investigation. Investigation. Ooh, negative one. This is going to go great. Yeah, that is an intelligence-based check, so... Five. Uh, <laughs> Straight oh. up five. They, they look like good robes. And then she's just like, uh, if it's for Frankie, don't don't worry about it. That one's, that one's on the house. And she just, like, shoves the robes into your arms. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You're so yep, generous. Yep, yep. Uh, have a have a great day. Thanks. And she like you too. darts into the back of the shop where she was just at. All right, I yelled to the group, "Hey, I got I got the the Abby costumes. We're good to go." I think you probably yell that to uh, Treble. I don't know that me and Kitty are within earshot. <laughs> Whoever I can see that is correct. Okay, let's pivot then to the to the magical gun range. So. When you arrive there, uh, there are a couple of folks, uh, another tabaxi, kind of a smoke, a smoke gray tabaxi, who is casting some variation of fireball at a target. And there's also uh, a Leonin who he's doing something kind of bizarre because he's like, he's got a knife and he's cutting the back of his hand and then he's like stitching it up again magically. So kind of a duality going on, to say the least. And then this would also be somewhat uncharacteristic, but you actually see uh, a lizard folk themed uh, as a, like a crocodile uh, wearing kind of a wide-brimmed, almost cowboy-esque-like hat. And he is tinkering with a, with a rifle and sitting by the gun range. Okay. Now that we are closer, is the person that I saw here, and is it uh someone I recognize? 
Oh, I, I apologize. Yes, uh, there is one more person. What would appear to be a blue-haired wood elf is sitting next to the lizard folk, and there he appears to be uh, teaching her how to, like, clean and assemble this okay. rifle. and I do not know this person. They look familiar. Okay. Uh, cool. I am gonna... Before I sort of talk to anyone, I think I'll just, like, shoot off a couple Eldritch, Eldritch Blasts and see if I can hit some targets. Look like I belong here. Go ahead and do that. First one is a an 18. I mean, you're. I guess you're shooting at a stationary target, okay. but it hits. When you shoot that, how are you channeling it? Like, through your hands? Um. Yeah, I, I think uh, it probably comes, like, out of red's palm and it it probably like looks similar colors to his feathers so it's like kind of red and green um cool yeah what is kitty doing kitty's just kind of looking around to see what kind of like guns and things they have she's looking for something small that will fit in a handbag ah and but will deal some damage and maybe with okay magic. so <laughs> Because fuck it at this point. Fuck it, we'll do it live. (laughs) The only good thing that man's ever given the world. The only, only good thing. It's true. So, okay, so uh, to kind of paint the picture for you, the lizard folk with the wide-brimmed hat is at one table with this wood elf woman disassembling the rifle. Wait, is the wood elf a woman or a wood elf is a dude? It's a woman, or she's a woman, rather. On the on there's another table, however, which has a bolt of cloth laid over it, and on this both bolt of cloth there are a number of small handguns. Um, you see like a kind of a brass colored derringer sort of thing, so kind of tailor made for keeping in like a handbag or a satchel or something. Um, there is a Wild West sort of six shooter, and there's like a few different variations of that kind of in different states of different states of care so some are a little bit shabby some of them are clearly polished um and that's what you see kitty will go up to the 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 six shooter and the derringer just to um kind of pick them up and look at them um see how they feel in her hand and then ask someone uh if she can try to shoot them the lizard folk appears to be the guy kind of running this this booth area and uh he looks over at you and greets you and like well howdy ma'am what's your pleasure today well i i've uh been kind of roped into uh, uh, a job with frankie over there and uh i need something to pack a little more punch uh to Break into the abbey. Oh, you're gonna go rustle in the churches, I see. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'd say any job you're doing for Frankie, you're gonna want some little bit more power. May I humbly suggest this, uh, this Derringer here? And he takes a Derringer and gives it to you. She will pick it up and look at it and then ask may I try it at the range oh of course ma'am of course 
here. And he reaches into kind of a gun belt looking thing and he hands you a pair of bullets. She will, it's been a long time since Fantasy Kansas, but she will load them into (laughs) Derringer and uh, try to shoot them at the range to see what happens. So here's how this is going to work from a gameplay standpoint. Uh, Go ahead and make us the same sort of attack that you would make with your hand crossbow. Okay. A natural 20. Woo. <laughs> nice. So okay. 24 altogether. You have rolled more natural 20s in this podcast than the rest of us combined. <laughs> it's because someone has to be useful in this group, okay? <laughs> that's, it, that's true. Kitty that's is fair. the only useful person in this group. So you're going to hit the target pretty much square in the chest, which is good. Damage-wise, it's going to be 1d8 plus 2. You can shoot twice before having to reload. Okay, and is reloading an action or a... It is an action. But when you reload, you reload both shells at once. You You don't have to, like, waste a turn loading one and then waste another turn loading another one you can do you can just load them both in at once so because it's a derringer and the barrel is fairly short it doesn't actually mean that the accuracy kind of drops after about probably 25 feet so if you're shooting at something further than that then you're going to do it at disadvantage yeah because a hand crossbow is 30 120 trying to balance guns in the best way possible yeah i mean but, um, yeah does it seem and does it seem anything besides just does it, it packs more punch? Does it seem a little magical or have anything else going on for it? Uh, I'm I'm glad you <laughs> asked, um, because as you're so you nail the shot and this lizard folk is kind of looking on. It's like, well, that was a fantastic shot, Miss. Uh, well, Kitty. Miss Kitty. They don't need to know my uh, name. Here, why don't you give this one a shot? And he pulls a bullet out of his belt that is a slightly different color. It's like a, the ones that he gave you previously were like your traditional like gunmetal gray bullets. But he pulls out one that's slightly red in texture, like a pale red. Okay. And he hands that to you. Why don't you uh, try that one on for size? He will load it in and try it out. 16 plus 4, dirty 20. You fire, and the target dummy that you're shooting at uh, bursts into flames, but they go out after, like, a couple seconds. Cool. Kitty will ask for some of the both of those ammunition. (laughs) Regular and fire types, please. How much gold do you have? I have 104 gold, because I have a job! Woo! I have a job too. It just doesn't. Yeah, Red well. also has a job, uh, but I don't think I have any gold. <laughs> okay, so that'll cost you like six gold, and he gives you uh ten of each type of bullet. While Kitty is like kind of distracted, trying out her gun and such, can I go talk to the Wood Elf? Um, the Wood Elf. As you see her now, now that the, the lizard folk is helping Kitty, she's trying to put together this this rifle. So she doesn't notice you right away. Okay, and I'm like right up where she is. This is not uh, Sylvia? 
No, it is. Okay, um, I can I can tell now. I imagine that once I get close enough to a person, I can tell who they are. Yeah, no, it's definitely Sylvia. Cool. Um, older and now possessing a few more scars, but it is definitely Sylvia. Awesome. I think Red is uh, very excited, but trying to act really casual as he goes up and is like, uh, uh, hey, uh... Sylvia, right? Oh, oh, Red? Yeah, you remembered. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, you know, you said, you, you said if I was ever in the, in the city, I, I, I should look for you, and, uh, and here I am. Well, I, I didn't think you'd ever make it to a big city. Uh, wow, I can't believe, it's weird seeing you after, after all of this, and seeing you here, do you, do you know what goes on here? And she's like, lowers her voice um, slightly. Red, like Red, like, kind of leans closer and also lowers his voice slightly, but you can kind of tell that he's, like, excited to be doing secrets and danger. Uh, he's like, yeah, actually, we're, uh, uh we're, uh, breaking into the Abbey. Uh, uh, oh, uh, willingly? Or are you being coerced? No, we're, we're working for Frankie. Why? But and she she lowers her voice and like does a double take looking around. She's like, "What? Do you do you know what he's about?" Well, uh see we um we we there was a murder in our apartment building and uh me and some friends we uh managed to save uh this well one guy and and his his wife passed away, so we're kind of we're kind of getting revenge, and uh, we also we killed an Abbey person uh, who who killed his wife. So um, they, we're in a little bit of hot water. She's just looking at you with this incredulous expression, like a, a little bit of hot water, like, but uh, oh okay, well uh. Yeah, but it, it's great to see you. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking for you uh, on the down low since I came into town. Oh, ha- have you? Oh, well, uh, I've I've been here, you know, trying to trying to drum up support for uh, a peaceful overthrow, but uh, it's 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 difficult because not everybody wants peace. It seems. And yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm 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 here to help. Uh, if you need me to to pass out flyers or uh anything you know we're breaking we're breaking into the abbey mostly just to steal an antidote uh to help out our friend so uh you you know not not to do too much violence oh oh red there's there's so much violence no (laughs) this voice can i roll insight as red to kind of get a feel for like her emotions right now sure Ooh, that's only a nine you're getting the sense that while she's excited to see you she's also a little bit afraid for you that makes sense i mean i would be too red's like well well don't don't worry about it i'm i'm not you know i'm not going in by myself i got uh my my good friends uh that uh Big guy over there, I, I, I point at her, man, I'm like, and uh, I got another magic, another magic fella over there, and, and uh, my friend Kitty over here, who, who seems has a gun now, so um, 
That's that's new. That's brand new to me. <laughs> My friend who now has a gun for some reason. <laughs> He's like trying to be like, no, we're we're not a violent bunch. My friend does have a gun, but I, I didn't know that before. <laughs> She also just shot a bullet that exploded fire. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, thanks, Red thanks, also thanks. did like a little magic thing at the target, you know, but it, it he is still under the impression that he can just sort of do protection and self-defense and not... It's just forest technology. Yeah, it's forest technology. Well, uh, Red, uh, I'll be here when you... When you get back from doing yeah, whatever, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm here for the revolution. You know, uh, uh, I'll do I'll do whatever I can. I guess you just give her like a little wave or something and go uh, back to Kitty. Y- I don't know what. How do you want to end yeah, the conversation? Yeah, I um, I think I, uh, I want to leave her with something, but I don't really have anything on me. So yeah, I I guess I'll just kind of do like a handshake or something and and give her like a firm nod and. And go back to see what Kitty is up to. You ready to go meet back up with the others? Uh, I guess. Uh, I've got a gun now. Yeah, that's that's new. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I already killed a person, so it's fine. Well, it, everything's. You you know fine. you you did you did kill a person, but um, it. We were defending Ernest and uh, avenging Mabel, and and um, yeah, I, I think I think you you done all right. He kind of pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> Thank you, Red. I appreciate it. Uh, as you're about to leave, the lizard folk tips his hat to both of you. Thank you for patronizing Faraday's guns. Uh, I nod. And, and get away from the guns. After leaving the potion cellar, you kind of wait a little bit. Uh, the Minotaur eventually finishes finishes his large plate of meat and is kind of just sitting there picking his teeth. Another thing to note about this Minotaur, uh, not a traditional Minotaur, but actually a buffalo variant of a Minotaur. Okay, so I will walk over to the walk over to Cedric and sit down. No power moves here. I know what I'm getting Thank myself God. into here. So I sit down and I say, I hear your name is Cedric. He looks at you for a moment. His lips don't move, but you hear in your mind a voice answering you. What of it? I'm an old friend of the group and I am in need of some help. Oh. And when you hear the O, oh, you he- feel like a popping sound in your ears, like if you're on a plane and changing altitude sort of thing. Okay. And then he begins speaking to you normally. All right. First of all, what proof do you have that you're a friend? Treble reaches down in his jacket pocket on the left-hand side, and it's sort of pinned to the inside of his jacket, but he pulls out a pendant out of my pocket, and I set it down on the table, and I just kind of 
slide it across to him. I was so hoping it was going to be like, oh, well, just a sec, and then Trouble turns around, pulls up his shirt, and he's got a CHC tramp stamp on his back. (laughs) (laughs) So the pendant in question is, it just looks like a cow skull. Okay. And you slide that across, and he takes it, and he kind of looks it over. This is pretty old, but, uh, okay. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Indeed, and, uh, well, what help do you need? I look at him, and I kind of inch my way, kind of, like, forward in my seat and kind of bring myself a little bit closer to him, and I say, I think we made a deal with a man who, well, won't hold up his end of the bargain. Oh. And I just need some reassurance that we are not alone. He takes the token and uh, puts it in his jacket pocket and looks back at you and says, we'll be here when you call us. And he slides, or he takes from a different pocket, he takes out a little carved, like, ram's horn and slides it over the table to you. He kind of winks at you and says, just uh, give us a call on the horn when when you need a hand. I appreciate you and pass my thanks on to everyone. Oh, I will. Rest assured, brother. And he, like, grips, grips your hand slightly. The revolution is coming. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dial M for Magic. Your cast, as always, was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, Dan Rogland as Red, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty Bradley, and our DM was Henry Rogland. All of our music was done by Alex Hills, and our artwork was done by Ashley Meisner Tarrant. I'm currently joined by our voice actor for the character Bass, who is my cat Runt, but he wanted me to remind you all that you need to go check out our friends over at JK We're Rolling. A couple of them are going to be joining us for our Halloween special on October 28th, and we honestly couldn't be more excited about having them join us as our first guest stars. There's some really great people, and they've made a really awesome show. You guys really need to go check it out. We're super excited to have them join our world. In the meantime, check out our Twitter at m for magiccast or our Instagram at dial underscore m underscore podcast. We'll have our next episode coming at you on October 14th. We hope to see you then. Okay. Did we do it? All right. I'm Are doing, we all recording doing at the same time? Doing an audio test here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on. Making sure. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to turn away, but it came on really suddenly. I felt Wait, that, that one Henry? from yeah. the other room. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. That there was a. It was so high was a cartoon mouse that jumped in our call. Well, yeah. that is my, that is what I sound like when I'm not on here. Uh, so. That... <laughs> yeah, he just puts on a, a voice modulator when he's talking on our Discord. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just says, adult grown man. What we don't know is that Henry is just a small cartoon mouse. It's true. You know, like like that goblin you guys encountered, the goblin taxi driver, I have to have blocks on my feet so that I can reach my desk to record this. And Oh, that was art imitating life. Chopsticks 
on each finger to type on the Oh, right. <laughs> it's a complex relationship that Henry and I have, especially since we own a cat. So I have to protect my small mouse husband from the cat. That cat couldn't kill anything. <laughs> That's true. She I love I love our she cat, but baby. she couldn't. She could not kill anything, and not just because uh, she doesn't have claws. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a cartoon mouse. Your cat is Garfield. Yep. <laughs> Story checks out. Yeah.